0: Okay, I've called this talk, which will just last ten minutes or so, Um, I've called it The Father's Love. And I've got a few questions right as we start. So first of all, why does Jesus tell this story? What what does he want to show us? Anyone got any thoughts on that? What does Jesus want to show us as he tells us this story? Yeah, Margaret. Margaret. There's always a way back. There's a brilliant answer. Great. Thank you very much. There's always a way back. Yes. Anyone else? Yeah, Amber. It's an unconditional love. Thank you so much. Yeah, this story shows us just what God is really like. He shows us how much God loves us with that unconditional love. And he shows us it shows us that. Father God is always there for us. There's always a way back. He will never turn us away. As I've said, this is one of three lost and found stories that Jesus tells. And the others are the lost sheep and the lost coin. This one is the lost son. And... What triggered these stories? We see that right at the beginning of Luke chapter 15. The religious people, they just couldn't stand the fact that Jesus spent so much time with tax collectors and sinners. They even gave Jesus a nickname. They called him a friend of sinners. And, and they meant this in a really critical way. That Jesus, he, he welcomes sinners. And and he even has meals with them. He's a friend of sinners. And this was the, the message that was going around. And so Jesus tells these stories to help us understand that the Father loves us all. Whoever we are, whatever we've done, wherever we've been, that's how much the Father loves us. The story is about well, a number of characters, the father and his two sons. And we call this story the the parable of the prodigal son. Yes, it's about a lost son, but it's also the father who is probably the main focus of this story. There's a famous painting by Charlie Mackesy, and he... When he painted this picture of the father embracing his son, he wrote these words. This story should really be called The Running Father. It's the story of the father who waited every day for his boy to return. And so on Father's Day, we're going to focus on the father in this story. And I've got three headings. He's the waiting father, he's the running father, and he's the loving father. First of all, the waiting father. Do you know, the father in this story must have been so sad when his boy came to him and said, I don't want you any longer. I just want your money. What a thing to say. And amazingly, the father lets his son go. He doesn't have a a, a go at him. He doesn't yell at him. He doesn't give him a piece of his mind. He is very patient with his son. And while his son is away from home, the father doesn't give up on him. He's waiting, he's longing for his boy to come back. And Jesus tells this story to show us that our heavenly father longs for you and me to come home. He waits patiently for us. He waits for us to turn around and return to his arms of love. So often... We turn our backs on Father God. We neglect him or we reject him. We say, well, I can live life very well on my own. Thank you. I'm just going to please myself. I'm going to, I'm going to live a good life, but I'm going to live my life independently of God. If we say that, we're actually no different from the lost son. We cut ourselves off from Father God. And the Bible tells us that our Father in heaven is slow to anger and he is rich in love. That he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Aren't those wonderfully reassuring words? That's how much your Heavenly Father loves you. Many of you will know that that we have a lost son, and uh, many years ago our son Daniel went missing in far north Queensland in Australia, and to this day we still don't know whether he is dead or alive, whether he he's gone to be with the Lord, whether he is whether he knows the father's embrace firsthand. Or whether he's still out there somewhere in a distant country. The fact is, though, that that we still love Daniel. And we long for his return. Um, Each member of our family just longs for him to come back. That makes me a waiting father as well. But think about this. God is the waiting father. And he's waiting for you. Next there's the running father. Did you notice that even though the son had messed up so badly, the father still loved him. And he ran down the road to welcome him back. When Jesus told that story, in that culture, older men, men of of my generation, did not run. That was very undignified. You did not run anywhere. Instead, they would walk in slow and very dignified steps. So when Jesus describes this father running down the road, racing down the road to embrace his son, risking the ridicule of the whole village, he's saying something very important about God. He's saying God is a father who runs to rescue us even though we've rebelled against him and we don't deserve anything. Jesus himself was to demonstrate how much the Father loves us by his death on the cross. All the rebellion and the sin in our lives put Jesus on the cross. The Father loved us even when we were far away from him. Mark Stibbe, who's written the books that I've just recommended, writes this, at the cross we see God's love come running towards us with arms outstretched. In the story, the father runs towards the returning son the moment he sees him coming. While he was still a long way off, we read, our father in heaven runs to rescue us as soon as we take those first tentative steps of returning to him that's how much he loves us and there are lots of people in this church who've discovered the father's saving love who've met with Jesus who came to seek and to save the lost and many of us here today can say I once was lost but now I'm found that's our testimony, that's our story God is the running father, and he longs for your homecoming. And then he is the loving father. In the story, the father ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. And the full force of that verb, to kiss, is is kissed repeatedly, tenderly, earnestly. That's how much... Her father loved him. Uh, I've told this story before, but it's worth repeating. Um, As I went into my teens, my dad stopped kissing me. Um, That was, I guess, that was the the generation that he came from. Um, And it wasn't the the thing to do, to kiss your teenage son. And uh, instead, he, he shook my hand instead. I wanted to do things differently as my sons grew up. And, and I know that that was important for me and for them. And so, um, in fact, I still kiss my son, Ben, um, who's um, father of, of um, Lola and and Mina George. Um, so Ben and I still kiss each other, although it's a bit bristly these days, I have to say. Um, <laughs> I do remember, however, when Ben joined the Marines at the age of 16, driving him back to Commando Training Centre at Limpstone, and him saying to me, Dad, please don't kiss me when we arrive at security. (laughs) Which was fair enough. Um, That picture of the father throwing his arms around the lost son and kissing him says everything about God's love for us. Notice this, he doesn't shake his hand and say, okay son, we need to do some talking. Um, What have you got to say for yourself? Come on, man up. He doesn't say that. He embraces him. He welcomes him back. And our Father loves us for who we are, not for what we've done, wonderfully, not for what we've done. He loves us for who we are. He loves us because we are his children. Jesus tells this story to show you that the Father loves you dearly. We sung that song, Amazing Grace. God is a loving, affectionate and tender Father. He is a God of grace. You might ask, well, what is grace? Grace. It's unmerited and unsolicited love. And so our Father forgives us. He gives us the gift we don't deserve, the gift of forgiveness. He restores us. He accepts us back as sons and daughters of a loving Father. And He welcomes us. Do you know, all three lost and found stories end with a party Our Father loves us so much. He is so glad to welcome us back. He celebrates and he rejoices. At the end of the lost sheep story, we read that there is so much joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents. Isn't that amazing? We have the waiting Father, the running Father and the loving Father. And he's a father who loves each one of us. He lavishes his love upon us. Before we pray, I I want to say one more thing. The son had to decide to come home. He had to make up his mind to turn from the mess that he'd got himself into and return to his father. It was his choice. He could have stayed in the far country, he could have stayed. Surviving on the pig food that he was um, almost having to to eat, to, to live on. But instead he made up his mind to return to his father. And that's a choice that you can make today. To come home to the father. I'm going to read a prayer in a moment by a man called Barry Adams. He's author of something called the Father's Love Letter. And it's a prayer that we can all use to accept the Father's offer of love, his offer of a new relationship with him. Some of us will also want to use this prayer as a way of reaffirming our relationship with the Father. So here's our prayer of returning to the Father. And... uh, do you know, I think it would be good to stand as, as we do this, uh, just to to make our declaration of our promises and our, our returning home prayer uh, to the Father. Um, so if you can stand without trampling on the little person, that would be good. Don't worry if you, if you need to stay sitting, that's fine. So here's our prayer. And just echo these words as as I pray them this morning. Make this your homecoming prayer. Father, I'm coming home. Please make me your child. I turn from my sin. I accept your forgiveness made possible through Jesus Christ by his death and resurrection. I place my faith and my trust in Jesus alone I receive him as my Saviour and Lord. I want to follow and to serve you. Let today be the beginning of my new journey as your child and a member of your family. Thank you for making a way for me to come home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.